Just going to open in a word of prayer before we come to the word of the Lord and commit everything into the Lord's hands. Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we worship you tonight, Lord. We ask, Lord, tonight, Lord, that, Father, that you would glorify your Son. And we pray, Lord, that the Comforter, Lord, would have free course in this meeting, Lord. Lord, this is your word, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you will take over this meeting, Lord, where your people are gathered, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Let the lost, Lord, be saved, Lord. Let the backslider be restored, Lord. Lord, let there be healings, Lord, of the body, Lord, and of the mind, Lord. Lord, we commit everything into your hands, Lord. We give you all glory. We give you all honor, Lord, for only you are worthy of it, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask it, Lord. Amen. So, about three weeks ago, the Lord gave me this word. And I was waiting on the Lord to give me a word. Because when you get a word from the Lord, you can't go wrong with it. And the word that the Lord gave me is a word for God's people. As we look around today, as God's people, as the anointed of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, how do we live our lives and how do we react? It's a word also for the enemy. It's a word into the enemy's camp. And also it's a word for the lost. I'm going to go to Romans 15. Romans chapter 15 and the verse 4. And it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and the verse 11, and this is specifically speaking of Israel. Now all these things happened unto them for examples or examples, and they are written for our admonition or warnings upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. So that means that we are to learn what happened to Israel in the past, and what happened God's God's people in the past, and we are to take note. And they are written for our warning, our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world have come. And our scripture and our study tonight is going to be focused in Joshua, part of chapter five, and in the chapter six. And Joshua is the author of the book. Joshua's name was Hosea the son of Nun, of the tribe of Ephraim. But Moses called him Yehoshua. Yehoshua, as Joshua in the English and the Greek, is Jesus. He was born in Egypt prior to the Exodus. His name in the Hebrew is Yehoshua. means Yeho, the first part, means God. And Hoshua, the second part, means deliver or save. So Joshua's name in the Greek and in the Hebrew means God is deliverance. The time frame here is 1406 to 1386 BC. God is going to fulfill his promise to Israel to give them the land of Canaan 
And this will happen by a supernatural act of God. Jericho is now accursed. It is under divine destruction. It is divinely dedicated to destruction. And I want you to remember that. It's very important. Because of its wickedness, it is called anathema. It's a Greek word, which means a declaration of eternal judgment. Jericho is divinely dedicated to destruction. It is anathema. Anathema, which means it is a declaration of eternal judgment. Those points are very important as we go forward. Joshua here is a type of Christ, and we'll see that as we go forward in the readings. You ask anybody about Jericho, and they'll say to you, well, the walls fell down. And that will be about it. People will say the walls fell down. But what was required for that to happen? How did it happen? What does that tell us as believers today? And what does that point us to as we go forward as God's people in the times ahead? Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 to 15. We're going to read some scripture. And it came to pass when Joshua was, at, was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. In verse 14, the captain of the Lord of hosts, of the Lord I am come. Joshua falls on his face and worships, and the worship is accepted, because this is Christ himself. This is a Christophany, an appearance of Christ himself before Joshua. And Christ is standing against Jericho as a warrior with his sword drawn. How do we know it's Christ himself? How do we know it's a Christophany? Well, the worship is accepted. Because if it wasn't Christ, the worship would not have been accepted. It says in Exodus 3, 5 and 6, and we all know it. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So we know by surety that this was a Christophany and this was Christ himself. In Revelation 22 and 8 and 9, Revelation 22 and 8 and 9, it says this, John is on the Isle of Patmos and he receives, he receives visions. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard, had heard them, I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. So John falls down to worship the angel. Listen to the response. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not. 
For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. So it wasn't an angel in Joshua chapter 5, because the angel would have told Joshua to get up, and he wouldn't have received the worship. It was a Christophany. It was Christ himself against Jericho with his sword drawn. What a wondrous, what a glorious picture that might have been. And where is Joshua now? He's got his shoes from off his feet and he's worshipping and his face is in the dirt. He's worshipping the captain of the hosts, the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Joshua now knows as he stands before Jericho that the captain of the Lord of hosts, the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, is with him in the battle. And when you know that the lovely Lord Jesus Christ is with you in the battle, there's nothing that can come against you and there's nothing that will stand against you because you are under supernatural authority, the captain of the Lord of hosts. Chapter 6, we're going to start to read a few verses. In verse 1, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Jericho was shut up and Jericho was staying shut. It is under a divine sentence of destruction because of its wickedness. Jericho is under a divine sentence of destruction from the mouth of a holy God because of its wickedness. In verse 2, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Joshua is now listening. He knows the Lord's with him. And Joshua now listens. Joshua now listens to what the Lord has to say. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall come past the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once, Thus shalt thou do six days. And it shall come to pass that when that that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. In verse 3, Joshua now is obedient. He knows God's with him. God now has his attention. He's listening to God. And now in verse 3, Joshua is being obedient. In verse 3, and ye shall come past the city. God is giving him instruction on what to do. And ye shall come past the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days, all ye men of war. Is the church ready for war? Spiritual warfare. Have you got your armor on, brother? Have you got your armor on, sister? And are you ready for a good fight? We have the victory. The victory's already won. But on the way to it, we have to fight. And we have to stand for the lovely Lord Jesus Christ and his ordinances. In verse 4, And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall come past the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trump with the trumpets. Seven priests, seven trumpets, seven days, 
seven times. Seven in scripture means fullness or completion. The priests would have interceded in those days between God and the people. The priests would have interceded between God and his people. And they go before the ark. And the ark represents the presence of God. So now going around Jericho, you have the priests representing our great high priest, the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. And you have the ark, which represents the presence of God. So you have the priests and you have the ark compassing Jericho. A picture of God with his people. The priests here speak of our great high priest who sits tonight at the right hand and throne and the Father interceding for us like the priests would have done in Joshua's day, interceding between the people and God. The ark has in it the law of God, arms, rod that budded, and the manna from the wilderness, and the mercy seat, and the seraphims that compass the mercy seat. What a picture. What an awesome picture. These priests on the march and the ark. In verse 6 of the chapter, And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. So comes the instruction from God's chosen man. Here comes the instruction from God's chosen man. Do you discern God's chosen men? And do you discern God's chosen women? And if you do discern them, listen to them. They're in touch with God. They're listening to God for guidance for the people. We have a pastor in this tabernacle who is anointed of God. And a blind man on a galloping horse would see that. And my advice is to listen to your pastor and listen to the advice that he's given you because he's in touch with God. So comes the instruction from God's chosen man by God speaking with him what to do, how to go forward into victory, to listen, listen to the anointed men and women of the living God. In verse 7, And he said unto the people, Pass on and come past the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. Let him that is armed, let him that is ready for battle, pass on before the ark. So you have men ready to battle and to fight, men who are ready, men who are prepared, men who have their armor on, let him that is armed or ready for battle or to fight go after the ark, the priests, and be ready to fight. So the armed men go after the ark and go after the priests. Seven priests with seven trumpets and then the ark representing God's presence among the people and the priests representing our great high priest. What a picture there is now around the walls of Jericho. It must have been an awesome sight to see. This is Israel now on the march around Jericho. In verse 9, And the armed men went before the priests and blew with the trumpets, and the rearward came after the ark, 
The priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. The rearward now. There's a rearward coming up behind the ark. Forming a yard. And then the people. Israel now is in order. Israel now has the presence of God in the camp. The priests are blowing the trumpets. The armed men are in the front. The priests are here. The ark is here. The rearward is here. And the people is here. And who is the center of attention as they march? It's Christ. The ark represents Christ. And Christ is the center of the march. Christ is the center of attention. And God's people have listened to God's anointed man, Joshua. And now they're on the march. Now things are going to happen. Now things are going to happen. Jericho, the picture of sin, and outside the wall's salvation. Jericho is the picture of sin. Sin and Jericho and wickedness. And outside the walls is a picture of salvation. The people are marching. God is with them. The warning goes out again and again. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. In verse 10 of the chapter, And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. No shout, no noise, no words. But the shout came at the last trump. The shout came at the last trump. First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 says this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That is the trump that God's people are now waiting on. That is the trump that is about to be sounded when the dead in Christ will rise first and we will be with our Savior. And then we will rule and we will reign in righteousness with the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 11 down to 16, we're just going to skip through it. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew the trumpets. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets. And the rearward came after the ark. And the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people saying, Ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then shall ye shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about at once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And seven, and seven priests, bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord, went on continually and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went, on, went before them. But the rearward came after the ark, 
of the Lord. The priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city. After the same manner seven times, only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. And the verse 17, And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. The city is under a ban, or it means it is accursed, meaning it is devoted to the Lord exclusively to his use. It is divinely dedicated to destruction, and its spoil is for God alone. In Leviticus 27, in Leviticus 27, and verse 28. And it says this. Notwithstanding no devoted thing. Not that a man shall devote unto the Lord. Of all that he hath. Both of man and beast. And of the field of his possession. Shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted thing. Is most holy. Unto the Lord. It is divinely dedicated to destruction. And its spoil is for God alone. Its spoil is devoted unto God. Every devoted thing is most holy unto the Lord. Jericho is anathema. It is under eternal judgment. Only Rahab was spurred and all that were with her in the house because of her faith and faithfulness an act in hiding the spies who were sent to Jericho. In verse 18, And ye in any ways keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel curse and trouble it, keep yourselves from the accursed thing. God is going to deal with this city. He's going to take a spoil for himself. But don't touch anything lest you bring trouble to the camp. Don't touch anything lest you bring trouble to the camp. God will take a spoil for himself. In verse 19, But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Consecrated, meaning holy to the Lord. Set apart for the Lord into his treasury and to be used in his service. These vessels were once used for evil, but God will now use them to glorify his name. And that speaks of you, brother. And that speaks of you, sister. Because the enemy once used you for evil, but the Lord went into the enemy camp and took you out. The Lord went into the enemy camp and took you out. And now he uses you for his glory. You speak his words. You witness for him. You sing his praises. You pray unto him. Men and women who were once in the enemy camp 
Men and women who were once lost and damned for all eternity and under anathema. You were under divine destruction. That's what was over your head because of your sin. But Jesus reached in. The Holy Spirit illuminated your mind. And he now uses you for good. And you glorify his name. What a saviour. What a Lord. He's wonderful. In verse 20 of the chapter. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout. That the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city. Every man straight before him. And they took the city. The city is taken. A supernatural victory. From a supernatural God. The walls fell. Yes they did. But it was a supernatural victory. From a supernatural God. How did the walls fall? How What had to happen? Obedience. Faith. Discipline. And listening to God's anointed. Obedience. Faith. Discipline yourself. And listen to God's anointed man. That's how Jericho fell. The walls fell. Yes, they did. But there was more to it than that. Much more. Much more. Walking with God in unity. God's people on the march. No murmuring. And God brings the victory. A supernatural victory by God. Because of faith. You see, faith is the key. It is impossible to please him without faith. Don't expect anything from God without faith. It simply won't happen. But if you go to God in faith, if you go to God in obedience and believing and receiving, as you send up your prayers, he will answer you. But remember, he will answer you in his time, not yours. His time, not yours. Be patient. Like Israel here. Be obedient. And go on the march. And your captain will answer your prayers. And bring it to pass. That's how we take ground, brothers and sisters. That's how we live our lives in these days. We go on the march. We march. We don't walk. We don't walk for a wee while and sit down and give up and go again. And We all get disappointments, don't we? Everybody gets disappointments. Go on the march. Go on the march and keep Christ the center of the march. And we will take ground and he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. In verse 21... And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. Verse 22. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as ye swore unto her. Rahab the harlot is saved. 
and all that is in her house. Rahab the harlot is saved by faith and all that is in her house. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And Joshua adjured them at that time. Joshua adjured them at that time. Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn. And in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. Joshua adjureth, or adjureth means to give an oath. And the oath was, whoever would rebuild the city would do so at the expense of their children. Whoever would rebuild Jericho would do so at the expense of their children. Chilling words. Chilling words. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and the verse 30. How do the walls fall? By faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 30. Faith. Brother and sister, you have to have faith. Listen, do you believe the Lord Jesus Christ saved you? Do you believe he's coming back? You have faith to believe that. But sometimes we don't have faith for tomorrow. How? How? What a saviour. He has you in the palm of his hand. He has you in the palm of his hand. He knows you better than you know yourself. But yet sometimes we don't even have faith for tomorrow. How? I believe I'm saved, Lord. I believe I'm going to heaven, Lord. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of the Father. I believe you're coming back again, Lord. But what about tomorrow? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Have faith, brother. Have faith, sister, and go on the march. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days, the number of fulfillments and completion. The destruction of Jericho marked Israel's first entrance into the promised land after 40 years of wandering. Jericho fell by faith. 
Jericho fell by faith. God was pleased with the people. The people listened. The people were obedient. The people listened to the anointed man, Joshua. God saw it and he was pleased. He was with them. They were marching with him in the center of the camp, the Ark of the Covenant. God saw it. God saw the faith. God was pleased with Israel. And the victory comes. A supernatural victory from a supernatural God. Jericho fell by faith, showing that even the entrance into the land of Jericho was a type of the heavenly entrance that we will have into the kingdom of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ by faith and trusting in the cross work to enter into this heavenly rest, to enter into his heavenly rest. Revelation chapter 18. Two verses. Two and three. This is now a warning for the enemy from God. And he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great has fallen, has fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean, hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. As Jericho fell, so will Babylon the Antichrist system that is currently on planet Earth. Babylon is under anathema. Babylon is under a divine destruction, a divine eternal destruction which cannot be stopped, spoken from the mouth of the living God. Babylon will fall, and Babylon will fall soon. In Revelation chapter 8 and 9, we have seven trumpets. These are linked to time and history and the present and the future. The trumpets in Revelation are symbolic of Christ ushering in his kingdom and fulfilling the prophecies of his word. When he will appear again and smash the Babylonian anti-Christ system that is currently on this earth. He will rule and reign. And we, the new Jerusalem, his people, will rule and reign with him. In Revelation chapter 11 and verse 19. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. John sees an angel, and it's the last trump. God's kingdom comes. The kingdom of God will rule and reign by his mighty power. The temple opened. That means openly displaying the glory of God. 
he will openly display his glory. The hail and the earth quake. That is God's wrath. But it says in the end of the verse, and the ark of his testament, and the ark of his testament, and we will be victorious with him. God will reveal his glory at the last trump. Babylon is under anathema. It can't be stopped. God's church will always be. It might be hindered from time to time. But God's church cannot be stopped. It is under supernatural power. From a supernatural God. Spoken from his mouth. The march of the church cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. Our captain is with us. We have, we have nothing to fear. Just have faith. He just wants you to have faith. Be March in unity as one and have faith. And he will see it and he will be pleased and he will bring to pass the desires of our hearts. He will bring it to pass. But we have to be obedient and we have to be patient you know, we want things, you know, maybe yesterday. It doesn't work like that. God doesn't go by time. Be patient. Have faith. Be obedient. Keep marching with Christ, the center of your attention. Be faithful. And he will bring it to pass. Make no mistake about it. He will bring it to pass. Hebrews chapter 2 and 10. What a verse of scripture this is. This, This got me going. What a verse of scripture. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. In bringing many sons on to glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect. Through his sufferings. What a verse of scripture. For it became him. For whom are all things. And by whom are all things. Christ is over all. In bringing many sons. In bringing many sons. Unto glory. Isn't he amazing? What a saviour. Bringing many sons unto glory. To make the cap- captain of their salvation. Perfect through his sufferings. The same captain that was at Jericho. Suffered. It says it here. The captain. Of, of their salvation. Perfect through his sufferings. What a saviour. Standing in Jericho ready for war. With his sword drawn. But then hanging on the cross. Bleeding and dying for you and for me. Who who is like God? Who can stand before God? What an awesome saviour. What an awesome saviour he is. 
Joshua leading the people into their inheritance is a picture of Jesus leading his church to glory. This verse is a map to glory. Sons of the living God, captain of the salvation, perfect, complete salvation in Christ by his sufferings. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the whipping post. Thank you, Lord, for Gethsemane. Thank you, Lord, for the precious shed blood of your Son that flowed freely, freely for me, the captain of my salvation. What a saviour he is. Christ is identified as the captain of our salvation. The promised land Joshua led Israel into symbolizes the inheritance and spiritual rest that belongs to God's people. Israel conquered the land that speaks of sanctification. The battle had to be fought, and so spiritually Christ conquered sin, and it has no dominion over the blood-bought. We are under grace. God has perfectly atoned for sin and gives power to fight and overcome. We'll have Revelation 14 and 2 says this. Revelation 14 and 2. Sorry, 14 and 12. Here is the patience of the saints. There it is again. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that kept the commandments of God. And what? And the faith of Jesus. There it is again. Patience and faith. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that kept the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. That's how you overcome. Patience of the saints and be faithful no matter what. No matter what. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, 14. For sin shall, ha- shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Sin has no dominion over you today, brother. Sin has no dominion over you, sister. No dominion at all. You're under the blood. You're under the blood of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. The accuser can't come to you. And throw up your past. And throw up your sin. It's under the blood. No digging. There should be a sign beside you saying no digging. There can't be any digging beside a believer. It's all under the blood. Praise his holy name. Victory over one city led to another city to conquer. And so we must die more to sin. And live more onto righteousness. Sanctification progresses onto glorification in Christ's glorious kingdom. Joshua also points to the need 
to preach the gospel and underscore the terrible consequences of your sin. Joshua here underscores the need to preach the gospel. Some churches don't preach the blood and the book and the gospel anymore. It needs to be preached. It's the only way to reach souls. The blood, the book, and the gospel of our lovely Lord Jesus Christ. To warn those that are still in Babylon. To warn those that are still under a divine destruction. To warn those that are still under anathema of your end. You're condemned already. Christ didn't come to condemn you. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. I was lost. Lost. No hope. But the Holy Spirit came and illuminated my mind. And I trembled before a holy God when he showed me who I was. And I was driven to my knees in a cold sweat. I'll never forget it. A cold sweat. When you realize who you really are before a thrice holy God. And then repentance comes. And then repentance comes. You're here tonight. And you're listening to this. You're listening to God's word. And you're saying, well, I'm not saved, Glenn. And there's no hope for me anymore anyway. And I'm actually thinking of, of ending my life. I, I've had enough. Well, do you remember Rahab? Rahab was cursed by Noah. She was a Canaanite. And Moses wiped out the Amorites. And she was an Amorite. And she was a whore, which is an abomination unto God. That's who Rahab was. And you're here tonight, and you're saying, Glenn, there's no hope for me. I can't be saved. <coughs> Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 and the first five, five verses. The genealogy of Christ, Matthew chapter 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judas, so that's Judah, and his brethren. And Judas, or Judah, begot Phares, and Zara and Thamar, and Phares begot Ezrom. And Ashram begot Aram. And Aram begot Aminadab. And Aminadab begot Nason. And Nason begot Salmon. And Salmon begot Boaz of Rachab. And Boaz begot Obed of Ruth. And Obed begot Jesse. And it says in those, that verse 5. It says Rachab. It says Rachab. And that's Hebrew. In the English, that is Rahab. Hmm. That is Rahab. 
And where is Rahab? She's in the genealogy of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. A prostitute. A sinner. A Canaanite. An Amorite. Under divine destruction. Under anathema. And where is she? She's in the courts of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. She's redeemed and saved and blood-bought. She's here in chapter 1 of Matthew in the genealogy of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Saved, redeemed, blood-bought in his courts. What a saviour. What a Lord. The Lamb of God who redeems through the precious, sinless, spotless blood. Rahab was saved. You're here tonight you're saying there's no hope. If there's hope for Rahab, there's hope for you. If there's hope for Rahab, there's hope for you. Do you see if you're being told tonight that, you're not, that you can't be saved? Do you know who that is in your ear? It's the enemy. It's Satan. He wants your soul. There's no spiritual warfare going on in this tabernacle for souls tonight. Spiritual warfare, and don't you forget it. It's real. It's real. There's a tug of war now for your soul. The enemy is saying, you can't be saved. God's word says different. There's no limits on the power of the blood of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Found here in the genealogy of Christ. Luke 15. You're here tonight. You're listening online. Listen to God's word. Don't listen to the enemy. This is important. This is important. These are matters of, et- of eternity. This is important. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Aren't you glad he received sinners? Because this tabernacle was full of sinners. Only you're saved now by the grace and the blood of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. You're listening to this tonight. You're not saved. This man, his word, he receiveth sinners. If you're here tonight, you're listening online and you're not saved Jesus received sinners. He received Rahab. He received Rahab. Not only received her, but she's found in Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8. Fourteen, fifteen, and 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Are you led by the Spirit of God? When's the last time you heard the Spirit speaking to you? Or are you too busy? Too busy? Get into the quiet place and listen for the Spirit. For as many are led by the Spirit of God... 
They are the sons of God. This tabernacle is full of the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage. No bondage. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption. You are adopted like Rahab was. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father, he's your father. We cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself birth witness with the spirit that we are the children of God. You're not under bondage anymore. You're saved. You're blood-bought. And you're in the family of the living God. Are you worn out tonight? Are you tired? Have you had enough? Depressed? Feeling like ending it all? And life's not worth living? Matthew chapter 11. God has something to say to you. Matthew chapter 11. You're listening online. You're contemplating suicide. Life's not worth living. You've had enough. You only start to live whenever you meet the master. You only start to live when you meet the master. Matthew chapter 11, 28 and 29. We all know it. You're not saved tonight. Come on to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Do you want rest for your soul tonight? You're not saved. Meet the master tonight. That rolls off the tongue, those two verses. What do they mean? What do they mean for you? Come on to me. Go to Christ for salvation. Are you laden? You're laden with your guilt and you're laden with your sin. Give you rest. Only Christ can relieve your burden and save you. Learn of me. Submission to God. Of who he is. And what you are before him. My yoke is easy. He is a gentle and humble king. Who serves his people. Following Christ is the best life that you could ever live. Following Christ is the best life. That you could ever live. You're not saved tonight. Come on to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Jesus says. And I will give you rest. Babylon will fall. It is under anathema. A divine declaration from a holy God that cannot be stopped. It's going to fall. It will happen. God's word will be fulfilled. Nothing can stop the march of God's people. Because we are under a supernatural power from a supernatural God. So when this happens, will you be in Jericho? Are saved and found at the marriage supper of the Lamb. God has spoken tonight. God has spoken to his people. God has warned the enemy. And God has spoken to the lost. You're here tonight and you're not saved. 
your blood is now off my hands. Because I will give an account before God. And did I preach what God gave me to preach and I have? This isn't from me, it's from him. So it's up to you now to do what you will with his word. Will you trample under the blood? Will you cry out away with him, away with him, crucify him? Or will you bow the knee? And will you seek salvation tonight before the last trump? Amen.